Colossians chapter 3. And I'll read it, I'll read verses uh, 12 to 17. Colossians 3, starting at verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, which is filled with wisdom. If only we would apply it to our minds and hearts. And so we pray, Lord, please uh, apply this to us. Uh, have your word to work wonders in our lives, in our church, in our community, uh, in the kingdom that you're building up in this world. We give you thanks for it and pray that we would uh, honor you by being diligent uh, in obedience to it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I don't want to rush past something here that I think often we can easily do, and that is his uh, first phrase in this verse. Therefore, obviously we're starting a new thought. That's not the word I'm talking about. As the elect of God, holy and beloved... And so I think we know theologically what this is saying, elect of God. And so to be the elect of God means that we are chosen by Him, we are set apart by Him, and we are loved by Him. As the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. And so... What are these tender mercies that we're to put on? Put on tender mercies and kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. When you read those phrases, you note a transition that occurs between the words. So start, tender mercies, kindness. So if you are putting on tender mercies and kindness, that means you're acting in love the love that we just talked about God loving us with, we're putting that out there towards others. Tender mercies, kindness. That's outward focused. We are loving on people, and we ought to be loving on people. And then the very next word says what? Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility. So see, we've gone from doing things, doing nice things to people, to deprecating our own wants and desires. Through humility, we are serving people and not just expecting to be served. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, and then what? 
What are the next two words? Meekness and long-suffering. And so now, these again are reflecting outwards, meekness and long-suffering. Meekness is how you will be perceived by what it is that you're doing, how it is you're behaving. Long-suffering is this forbearance that you have towards others and their sins that so easily anger us and upset us. But see, there's a progression here. Our desire, our heart's desire, is to reach out to people in tender mercies and kindness as a follower of Christ, that ought to reflect our innermost heart, who we want to be like. I was reading a Facebook post this week, and it was one of the more colorful ones. Just share something that you think might shock people or whatever. You think that people might not uh, think like you. And one of the responses was, I think there are too many people on earth. And I thought, I really hope that person isn't a Christian because they need to be a Christian to want to interact with people on earth. I, I'm not saying that I often haven't felt. Part of the reason I don't live in the East Bay of, of the Northern California anymore is that there are 35 other million people that want to live there. I didn't want to be one of them anymore. I didn't want to be immersed in that many people. Yet, did I not want those people on the earth? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Do we really want to share this earth with others, or we just want it all for ourselves? As believers, we want to share the earth. We want to act in kindness and tender mercies towards others. And that's not just speaking of those that are in the holy huddle. That's speaking of everyone. We want to reach out to all people in tenderness and kindness. And that requires humility, meekness, and long-suffering. We've got to look past one another's sin. We've got to not think of ourselves as here to be served as opposed to serve. And we've got to regard ourselves as less than other people. If we don't do those things, we can't act in kindness and tender mercy towards people. So verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Long-suffering and meekness are essential to Christian life. If you have a toolbox, you have a hammer and wrenches and a screwdriver in that toolbox. These are essentials of home repair. Now, I don't do much home repair, but I used to have a toolbox in which I had these tools. Just yesterday, I helped by assembling something briefly up at the Dirksons with a screwdriver. I am handy with tools. I do use them occasionally. But in Christian witness, in Christian life, long-suffering and meekness are essential. They are essential tools that everybody has to have in their toolbox to be effective. Skillfully using them, however, takes practice. I remember when my boys were little, and they would get all this scrap wood with a pile full of nails and pound it all together. There were more nails bent over and pounded flat into the wood than there were driven properly. And so it takes time and skill to learn how to whack. When I, I can't, I can't uh, drive the nails like the guys that built my house. They set it and they wham it. I mean, it's like one strike and they drive this huge spike into the, into the wall. I'm impressed. I can't do that. 
I don't have that type of skill. But see, all of us need to regard loving kindness, long-suffering, meekness as these types of tools that we want to get good with. We want to do this. Skillfully using them takes practice. But thankfully, God has given you ample opportunities to practice. We just don't take advantage of them. We are to emulate Christ in this. We are to stand like a rock for this principle. We must sacrifice our pride on the altar as opposed to other people. You know, I'll help you up. You know, get up there. I sacrifice you, not me and my foolish pride. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. The bond of perfection. So forgiving, thanking, being at peace. These are the essentials to what our goal is on this life. 15, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Note here, in verse 15, what I read through, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you. What does that word convey to you when Paul is using it like this? Let. See, when we let something, it's something that wants to naturally occur anyway. But we resist it. We fight against it. If we do belong to the Lord, He is at work in us, sanctifying us, conforming us to the image of Christ, renewing in us. So, we can oppose that, though, fools that we are, from time to time. And I'm speaking of you, not me, obviously. Right? So, see, we can oppose God in our hearts, in our actions. We, cannot, we can choose to not value the stuff God values. Let the peace of God rule. We are called to one body, Paul says, and we fight against that peace. We fight against that which unites us when we seek our own as opposed to the good of everyone. We so want to say, I'm right. You're wrong. And that's harsh. It's harsh, isn't it? Bang, bang. That's how we behave sometimes. Serve me. Boom, boom. I'm right. You're wrong. If only we had more humility, more meekness, more wanting the tender mercies and the kindness as opposed to our own way. We would reach people in love. Let peace rule. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? It is such a beautiful phrase. We really ought to all memorize that. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. God's spirit is at work in us, and yet we oppose him. We think of Satan as God's enemy on the earth. And yet, you know what John said. We fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Why did he put them in that order? I don't know. But Satan isn't even first. The flesh is a huge opponent of us. And that flesh is in us. 
that dark heart that's in us is being given over to the Lord, and we don't like it. There's this old man in us that is constantly dragging his feet, preventing us from exercising the let the peace of God rule, the let the word of Christ dwell. We fight against God, and we ought not to be fighting against God. We err if we do not see that our own dark hearts often are our own worst enemies. We are to war against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Verse 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our action, our conduct, our will, what we most want out of life reflects who we're serving. And that should reflect God. It should reflect the growth of his kingdom on this earth. But what do they reflect in our lives? We are not all perfect reflections of Christ. We ought to examine our reflections. How are we being perceived by others? We all ought to do what they advocate at these uh, uh, businesses now. Do a 360. Have you ever heard of a 360? You do a 360 feedback. You shoot stuff out to people and say, give me your honest feedback. Tell me how I'm doing. Tell me if I'm a jerk or if I'm being a nice guy. Am I helpful to you or am I not? These are 360 feedbacks. And then you get it back anonymously and you cry <laughs> because you're a jerk often. And you don't see it until you do something that honest, soliciting feedback from people in this anonymous fashion where they feel finally perfectly safe. I was being told by Brian about a, a uh, poll that he helps send out for Gallup to the post office and how the supervisors of the postal people are the ones that sometimes most don't want the truth to come out. And so they deliver the survey to their people the day after the survey was due back because they don't want the truth getting out. We are like that. We hide the darkness. We hide the sin. I want to read from Luke what Jesus said in Luke 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What pours out of our mouth, we like to think of it as good because I'm a believer, I'm a believer. It's obviously good, I'm a believer. No, no. You're presuming. What is pouring out of your mouth? Is it good or is it evil? You must acknowledge that at times it is evil and that we are often not the best judges of determining whether it's evil and just how evil it is. He also said this in Matthew, by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. I just listened to James, and James is just such a, a great book for people that think they're believers, think they're doing what's right, and they're not. James confronts people with their sin, saying, look at yourself. Do you see what you're doing? You ought to. We all ought to honestly look at ourselves, ask those that we're closest to, that we love, to give us good feedback. It can't be that anonymous in that case. You have to be big enough to bear it. But that's what the table's all about. We come because Christ was perfect. Christ did this for us. We want to be like him. We want to be renewed in his image. So let's commit to that.
Father, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your grace that's at work in our hearts that makes us aware of our sins, and yet, Lord, often our minds, our wills, the other side of that dark heart fights against revealing just how evil we can be. And yet, Lord, it will out. You will reveal it. There are too many opportunities on this earth for people to see us for who we really are, for how we're really behaving. And so we pray, Lord, as we come to the table, please awaken us to our sin. Please have us to see that we are a body united, that we are families, we are a community uh, that reflects either well or poorly upon Christ. And so we pray, Lord, uh, with your long-suffering and your forbearance, please continue to work in our hearts. Uh, conform us to the image of your Son. Renew our minds to pursue what it is that you want us to be and to do on this earth. We give you thanks for your grace, for your kindness, for your uh, hope, and for your love. In Christ's name, amen.